Um, okay, and it's recording. All right, we'll, we'll get started. All right, uh, well, good morning to everybody. Today on our uh, interview series, we've got Adam Houlihan, who is the director and CEO of Web Traffic That Works, and he's uh, highly respected and highly regarded within LinkedIn fields. And uh, so I'd like to welcome Adam to our interview today. Thanks, Derek. Great to be here with you. Yeah, and it's great to have you on board. And um, also, I'd, I'd like to basically kick off, if, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and what your experiences has been with LinkedIn and, and how long ago did you actually get started? Yeah, um, so probably got started seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, back then, I, I really didn't have any sort of knowledge of social media at all, let alone, you know, LinkedIn. And uh, I was actually working with a company and was researching why some other companies around the world in the same space as them, these guys were a sort of global player, um, why other companies were doing better than them. Uh, Turned out to be that they were just good early adopters of social media. And that piqued my interest in social media in general, just started to connect with a lot of influencers around the world and, um, uh, you know, upping, upping my own knowledge on it. And through that journey, I just really started to see the value and, and the potential of LinkedIn. Yeah. And so over a bit of time, I started to uh, focus more and more just on LinkedIn. Uh, about th- almost three years ago now, I put out my, my, which was my second book, but it was the first one that was specifically about uh, LinkedIn called the LinkedIn Playbook. Uh, I think we're over 10,000 copies of that around the world now. Um, spoken at lots of events off the back of that. Last year in December, I put out my, my next book, which is called Influencer, uh, which is all about how you position yourself uh, as a person of influence. But it's sort of you know, the premise of that is that the easiest way to do that is is through LinkedIn. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, the fast track of seven years. Okay, fantastic. And can you tell us a little bit about your experience when you actually first got started uh, with LinkedIn and, and that, your experience and, and um, when it started generating results for you? Sure, yeah. So, so again, I, you know, I was working with um, this particular company called One Group at the time. But I always, uh, was, One Group's actually the only job I've ever had in my life. Uh, prior to that, I'd run my own businesses and um, and I just had this stint of, of running this particular company for a while, which was amazing. But I always wanted to get back into kind of, you know, be my, the master of my own destiny, so to speak. And so I started, so I made the decision that, you know, at some point I was going to, to do that. And so I really started using LinkedIn at that point uh, to start building connections. I knew that I was going to create a digital agency. And, and when we first kicked that off, it was really more of a, uh, a one-shot, one-size-fits-all. So we did Facebook marketing and uh, LinkedIn and Instagram and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I was just using LinkedIn to really you know, generate you know, new clients and, and leads and uh, referral partners and uh, just people that connect me with you know, the right type of people. So really from that day, it, it really was generating good results for me. And uh, of course, over a period of time, we, oh, well, I came to the conclusion, and I still believe that you know, the, day, the, the days of the one-stop, you know, one-shop-fits-all type of digital agencies 
I don't think they really have a big place in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, the agencies that tend to specialise uh, and do one kind of thing and do it really, really well, I believe that's the, that's the future of, of digital marketing. Uh, and so we kind of transitioned out of all those other things we were doing and just focused 100% into, you know, into LinkedIn. And of course, the more we niched into that, the more we focused on that, the clearer the message to the market was of what we did, what, what our value proposition was, and the faster we actually grew. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's great news. And um, what, what, what did you find were your biggest challenges when you first got started with LinkedIn? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, as, as you know, LinkedIn's a moving target. <laughs> well, probably all social media is, but, you know, what you could do 12 months ago is completely, not everything's changed, but it, it's constantly evolving. So yes. staying on top of, um, you know, all the little nuances. Uh, one, one thing, you know, LinkedIn's really, really bad at is, is, is telling us when they make changes to the platform and, and whilst, in fairness, no platforms share algorithm changes or things like that. For those of you who are watching, LinkedIn doesn't tell you when they've made changes or updates. You just log in one day and, and there's something new. <laughs> or something that you used to be ha have and it's gone. So, exactly. it's, uh, so, so yeah, I, I think my challenges were no different to everyone else's. Uh, just really keeping on top of all of those, um, those constant changes. I'd suggest probably at the time when, um, you know, Microsoft purchased LinkedIn, uh, it was a few years ago now, but um, for a little while it was, you know, it was sort of um, business as usual, but then we started to see a lot of, lot of change uh, and at quite a rapid pace and that, that keeping up with that was certainly challenging. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, when, when did you realise that you were starting to make some serious progress with LinkedIn as far as your business was concerned? Uh, well, I think it was just when we, when we started to focus just purely on LinkedIn, where we, we moved away from all of the other um, things we were doing, mm -hmm. uh, which of course meant we had to kind of rejig our team and everything a little bit as well. Um, but when, the, the more we focused you know, on just that one thing, it allowed us to probably do three things really, really easily. It allowed us to create content that just made sense to, you know, a specific, uh, you know, group of, of people. Um, it allowed us to create products that, you know, were just focused on, on exactly, you know, the, what people, you know, either wanted or we knew they needed and they weren't in the marketplace. Uh, and of course, it, it allowed us to um, just, you know, like I said, build our team in a very, very, targeted way with um, all of our team are remote around the world mm -hmm. work you know like in an office or anything like that uh, we all work as you can see pretty casually dressed today that's that's pretty normal for us yeah uh, we all work from beach locations or you know wherever we choose in the world um, and we we're able to reach out to just the right type of people in the you know the right you know didn't matter where they lived we have a team in London and have a good team in the Philippines uh, other people that work with us here in Australia, the US, um, Romania, the, wherever the best people were, we were able to attract them to, with a, you know, a business model that made sense uh, mm -hmm. and, and sort of, uh, you know, enhanced their lifestyle in the way that, you know, they wanted to work as well. And without going into specific details about who your clients might actually be, what do you find has been the biggest challenges that, have, that you've come across that your clients are facing? 
Uh, well, I think, you know, if you, if there was a universal challenge that, that we all have is, is obviously in, in uh, gaining new leads and, and secondly to that, in, in converting those leads. So, you know, a lot of uh, what we found was, um, you know, we could, we could create the best strategy that, that it was known to man, but if the client's product or service was, let's just be nice about that and say substandard, yep. um, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig. Uh, so, the, you know, part of what we do now is before we take on a, a new client in our higher level programs is make sure that their, their product or service uh, has tangible value to the marketplace. And, and there's been cases where, you know, we've said, look, you know, it's probably best that you actually worked on, you know, this part of your business a bit first, mm -hmm. uh, get that right and come back to us and, and you know, then we'll, you know, we'd be much more confident in getting you a better result. So, so probably the biggest challenge at, on occasions was uh, making sure that the, you know, the product or service that we were, we were marketing, um, you know, had, had, tra had legs, had traction. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Well, that's great advice. And um, what would you say has been your most uh, satisfying or enjoyable experience with LinkedIn to date so far during the last seven years? Well, I'd have to say just in the way that it's allowed me to, to just create the lifestyle I want. I, I travel all the time. So, uh, you know, I love speaking at events, uh, as I was just sharing with you earlier, you know, um, I'm constantly traveling around the world pretty much every month or around Australia or both. Um, and I get to work, you know, I'm, I live on the Gold Coast, which, you know, we love I'm right beside the beach. Uh, and some days I literally take my laptop and go and go and work from a park just near the beach. So, um, so it's because it's that it's an online, you know, LinkedIn being an online platform, and uh, our, the way that we've built the, the business, um, you know, uh, attracts clients who are, you know, they, they don't need that face-to-face, -face, you know, you don't have to come into their office type of thing. They're really interested in the, in the result more so than, you know, coffee meetings and, and stuff like that. So, uh, so I'd have to say, you know, what it's done for me mostly is, you know, give me the lifestyle that I, you know, I really wanted to build. Okay, fantastic. And I guess that's what it's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is, is whatever our businesses might be, is creating that lifestyle that we all crave, that we all want to achieve, the, the, the dream that we're all looking for. Well, exactly. So, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, at work, so better mm -hmm. to love what you do and, and um, optimise it to, you know, so it works for you more so than the other way around. I'm not saying that's easy. It's, it's not, but, um, you know, if we aim for that, then, uh, and we get it, then, uh, you know, life's pretty good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, are there any recommendations or suggestions that you would give to people who are just starting out on LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, look, I'd say the, the main thing is I still find the biggest challenge is that people just really don't understand how the platform works. Mm. Uh, so the, the, the what I would say is, you know, get get some read some books, do some courses, uh, get to understand how LinkedIn really works. And at the absolute barest minimum, just make sure you've got a really well presented profile. I still think, you know, I believe like there's 600 million profiles on LinkedIn now. I don't. I have to go as far as I believe 95% of them. Uh, 
could could be better <laughs> if not need a complete overhaul so there's uh not a lot of people who uh, you know are really doing it at the, the, the highest level and i wouldn't say you even need to do it at the highest level but a minimum level is to just you know to have a, a well-presented profile if nothing else okay and um also to optimize your profile so that it improves where it ranks within the linkedin search results yeah which yeah, is part of that that whole yeah. process so. Yeah. Okay. And um, can you tell us a little bit about, well, well, let's talk about being an influencer on LinkedIn. For, for those of us um, who are the uninitiated, what would you describe, uh, or can you tell us what an influencer actually is? Sure. Um, and look, and Derek, that's a great distinction because there's two types of influencers. There's, there's what the LinkedIn deem to be, you know, their stable of influencers. And they have that little sort of blue tag, I'm sure you've seen on profiles, which denotes them as being LinkedIn influencers. Uh, and th these are these are uh, people like uh, you know Richard Branson and Ariana Huffington. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, but th they're not only those people. That I, you know, one of my clients is a, is one of the LinkedIn influencers. So it does sort of come down into mere mortals, but. Uh, so that's one level of LinkedIn influence. So you cannot you cannot do anything to um, uh, manipulate that. You're either invited to be a part of that process or you're not. And I actually don't believe that they even have that open anymore. It's it's kind of a closed off now. So the real influences we're talking about are the people who just uh, tend to be influential within their industry. That's that. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I choose to be influential in the, the LinkedIn space, but um, yeah, there, there's other people. Uh, one of our clients is, is, is a, a lawyer. He, you know, he, he's just positioned himself uh, as, as an influencer within the field of law. However, uh, what, the, what, is, what it also means, and I believe is the most powerful way to use LinkedIn, is to position yourself as an influencer within a specific niche. Yeah. So using, using uh, you know, my lawyer mate as, a, as an example, to say uh, I'm going to be influential in the field of law is, is too broad. That's, you know, there's just so many facets of law that, uh, again, you know, I don't believe even in law that the, the days of you know, uh, law firms who can do every facet of law you know, will exist in the future. The, it's more the boutique firms. These particular guys is too... In fact, there's actually two partners. One is um, you know, very influential within um, uh, wills and estates. Uh, the other guy is very influential within um, a uh, program that they developed, which uh, allows, you know, it's, it's almost like a subscription model for, for legal advice. So, yeah, they position themselves just within those very narrow niches of law. Mm. And that's, that's, that's what really, uh, you know, an influencer in my my opinion is it's just someone who focuses uh, and chooses to be very, very specific about uh, what it is that they um, share content about, what they sort of build their products and business about and uh, how they go about, um, you know, getting that uh, message out to the market using LinkedIn as a platform to do it. And what would you describe as being the, the main benefits of positioning yourself as an influencer or a specialist within a particular niche? part of people's specific industries? It's a good question. The, I mean, what it does is it allows your marketing to be, to be very, very clear. Mm. You know, if you, 
if you're trying to, uh, and, and look, I'll give an example. It's, it's, you know, I lost count of how many times I've had this conversation now. Uh, and, you know, someone will come to us and say, uh, look, this is what our business does and we want to promote uh, this, this and this. And I go, well, and in fact, I had the conversation yesterday with a, um, someone in, in uh, Singapore. He said, uh, I, I have this product and, and I do this. I said, okay, so which one do you want to be influential in? Of course, both. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've got to pick one. So, um, so, so the real value is being very, very, it's very, very, let's say it's very, very difficult to be influential in more than one thing because you're kind of building a network of people and whatever that are mostly interested in, you know, you know, say option A, once you start talking about option B, that you're kind of confusing them. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn, in my opinion, works best, even if you have multiple different skill sets or services, is to you know, pick the one that you want to be really, really well known for and, and focus in on that. And of course, the, the next question is always, well, how do I pick you know, which one? Uh, my answer to that is always what you're looking for is a, like an intersection of um, the thing you, you most, you're most passionate about doing and the thing that makes you the most money. And of course, you know, if those two things cross, then that's the perfect one. If, uh, and there has been many cases where people said, well, I'm really, really passionate about doing this, but I make all my money over here doing that. Uh, I said, well, go with the one that makes you the money. <laughs> the, yeah. Everyone's got to pay the bills. Exactly, yeah. And if, if, um, how does somebody actually go about becoming or positioning themselves as an influencer? What would you recommend there? Well, as you said, the, the, first, the first step of that is optimising your profile around that, that mm-hmm. you know, particular niche. Yep. Uh, so you've got to be using uh, language that the people who would be interested in that um, they through your summary and your position descriptions, things like that. Uh, you've got to go deeper than that. Like you said, like in you know, LinkedIn, want to show you in searches, you've just got to tell them, you know, what searches you want to be shown for. So you've got to optimize your profile with keywords in specific places like the, you know, the professional headline directly below your name mm-hmm. in, um, you know, the, the, your position descriptions, how you use your title. As an example, I think one of the, the, the most redundant terms to use in a position description would be something like CEO or general manager. Uh, if I'm looking for an accountant, I don't look for a CEO of an accounting firm. I look for an accountant. Exactly. So make sure you're using the words that people would search for. That's, yeah. that's step one. Once you've got that done, then it's really all about your content. And, uh, you know, LinkedIn really these days is a content platform. Uh, LinkedIn, unlike other platforms, like, say, for example, Facebook, uh, Facebook is 100% a pay-to-play platform today. Mm. You know, you can have the best content in the world, but if you don't pay them to boost it and and, uh, share it, then nobody's going to see it. Uh, It could also, conversely, you could have pretty crap uh, content, and as long as you pay them, they'll still show up to people. LinkedIn is very much looking for people who are creators of good content. And you know, if you give it to them in, you know, in a niche that, you know, where they can be clear about who they can show that to uh, in feeds and things like that, LinkedIn is very open to you know, sharing uh, good quality content to the right type of people. Uh, personally, I've, I've had posts that you know, 
100,000, 500,000 plus kind of views, uh, you wow. know, totally organic without any, any form of, you know, boosting or th there is no such thing as boosting on LinkedIn. So it just, yeah. you know, just has to be good content. So that's what I believe is, you know, how you really position yourself is, is through that um, really good uh, quality content. Uh, the third thing, of course, is is being a responsible LinkedIn user. So, not spam, you know, you know, connecting and spamming people and pitching offers and things like that all the time. Uh, it's all about you know um, that great content and and you know help you know using you know, messaging and whatever to be helpful and offer free advice or um, you know, helpful advice to people uh, where it's appropriate. And what about uh, the regularity with, with posting content? How consistent should people be with, with actually putting their content up on LinkedIn? Uh, I'll, I'll share some statistics with you that you know, I'm sure your crew will find interesting. But as we know, there's about 600 million people on LinkedIn now. Of that 600 million, there's only about 1 million that are sharing content regularly on a consistent basis, which means basically means that they're sharing content on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, and there's only about 100,000 of that million. Of course, these are rounded rough numbers, but there's only about 100,000 of that million that, uh, you know, do it in, you know, have a sort of at least an understanding of the algorithms and how LinkedIn likes content shared, what they don't like, uh, like putting links in articles, uh, Pretty sure we're all the way you know they don't like that anymore so so it's a very low number of people that are getting it right but um, look it's it, we work to a 13 piece um, strategy so we use 13 pieces of content per month you, roughly that breaks down to three times a week Monday Wednesday Friday and then of course it's a it's a mixture of um, pulse articles natively uploaded videos and status posts a bit of a mixture of those so for those of you who are watching, with 600 million uh, profiles on LinkedIn and you've got a million people who are regularly posting content and 100,000 people who basically know what they're doing, okay, um, that's got to tell you that LinkedIn is still in its infancy and it's still a rel relatively uncrowded space for people to put up more and more content. So there's some amazing opportunities there. Yeah, absolutely. It, well, LinkedIn's own internal goals are to have 3 billion people on the platform. So, you know, they're a long, long way from that. Uh, but like anything, there will always be a very, very high number. I wouldn't be concerned by the 600 million. Like you said, Derek, I'd focus on the, you know, being one of the 100,000. Um, exactly. Put that in percentages. It puts you, if you did that, if you had a well-presented profile and you're sharing good content every week, you're basically going to be in the top 0.02% of all users on LinkedIn globally. Yeah, and that's one hell of a marketplace to be part of. Yeah. Okay, so um, what would you actually suggest to people um, if, if they wanted to position themselves as an influencer? Obviously, they've got to get their profile set up, optimize, and then they've got to start posting that particular content. Is there any particular content that you would recommend over other types of content? I mean, we've got the, the text posts, we've got uh, articles, we've got video. What, what have you found to, to work the best or is it a mixture of all three? It definitely is a mixture of all three. Uh, and the reason for that is that's what LinkedIn wants. They're, they're looking for you uh, to use a, a mixture of those things. Having said that, I would put very 
little emphasis on pulse articles. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if we were having this conversation a year and a half ago, it would be the complete reverse. At that point, LinkedIn wanted pulse articles, which, you know, your long form, basically like your own blog on there. Um, but now, <clears throat> the, the, and the reason that they've made the change is, is really because, you know, we're, more and more we're consuming content on mobile devices. So, yes, reading a 1500 word pulse article on a, on a iPhone or whatever is, you know, it's, it's quite, um, quite challenging. Yeah. So the status posts are a maximum 1300 characters of text, which is roughly 200 words. And that's what they want. They want short form, punchy, um, but they, they want, they want content that creates engagement. They want, they want people to stay on the LinkedIn platform and mm -hmm. they want, you know, the, so, you know, um, what I'd say is the best type of content is the content that gets people talking. So posing questions or asking for an opinion, uh, but from a position of, you know, you know, expertise that, you know, you know, that space and it's targeted at the people that, um, you know, obviously you, you should be connecting with people who would be interested in, in that field of influence you're trying to build. Um, and you, you're trying to engage with, with those people and more, uh, and doing that through, you know, that mix, you know, video, obviously video is the Holy grail, uh, LinkedIn live is coming. Uh, it's, it's started its rollout and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I still think it's probably at least six months away, if not longer before it's, it's available to the, you know, the general LinkedIn community. Uh, but you know, if there was an emphasis, I would say, put it on video. So video content, content that's uh, beneficial and useful to your specific niche, your target market, your target audience. Correct. Yeah. And um, is there any particular length or duration of videos that you would recommend? We find you know, around the two to three minutes, it generally gets the best traction. If it's less than a minute, um, LinkedIn doesn't seem to, there's, I think, you know, all I can say is it's, it's potentially an algorithm at play where they don't tend to like stuff that's less than one minute. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in theory, again, it doesn't work on necessarily on length of video, but the size of the video file, but the, the maximum size is five gigabytes, which for a good quality video is probably about 10 minutes of, of roughly of, of video content. I would never be going anywhere near 10 minute long videos. Um, we find that two to three minute stuff works really well. Uh, and you know, beyond that you start to you know, lose people's interest. Yeah. So two to three minutes long and um, to the uninitiated, we see a lot of videos which have got uh, text or subtitles overlaying or appearing on, on the video. Can you tell us why that is and, and what's going on there? Yeah, so and this is not necessarily just specifically LinkedIn, it's just all uh, online content, but 85% uh, and it's a growing number, as in it's going higher and higher, uh, but currently it's roughly 85% of all videos get watched without sound. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the reason for that uh, is, is varied, but that's the reality that um, you know, most people are watching or wanting to watch video without sound. So you need to put the captions onto the bottom of the, the videos. Uh, one really good thing that's a very recent addition, uh, LinkedIn has um, now allowed uh, or released the ability to upload what's called a SRT file, yeah. uh, which is subrip text file. Um, so you can actually upload your, your video and an SRT file 
um, and LinkedIn will just merge them together for you. It used to be you had to go and do all that in like, you know, post-production work, you shoot your video first and then, you know, whether you did it yourself or you sent it off to other people, uh, professionals to, to do all that work, you have to do all that first and then upload it. You can now just get the, the SRT file. The easiest way to do that is actually to send it to, um, uh, there's a transcription service called Rev, uh, which is rev.com. You send your, your raw video to them in less than 24 hours, they'll send you back the, the SRT file and then you can just upload the two together. Into the yeah. And Rev make it really easy. I think they charge about a dollar a minute for your video. Yeah. So if you've got a two or three minute video, three bucks and you've got the transcription and then you upload both to LinkedIn and it's up and away. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And is there any uh, tips or tricks or points that you would recommend to the audience for actually getting started on LinkedIn for beginning to uh, position themselves as an authority within the industry or, or as an influencer within their industry? Uh, I'd say the first thing is, you know, exactly that is make sure you have a good understanding of what it is you want to be influential in. Uh, you know, you could spend a whole lot of time optimizing your profile to, uh, and I've, I've, I've had, I've had people do this on a number of occasions, go through all that time and effort and then go, Oh, actually that's not even the thing I really want to be known for. So they've got to go and do it again. So yeah. start by being very, very clear with yourself, you know, what that, niche is mm -hmm. um, and and then of course um, you know uh, there's there's plenty of free courses and, and there's good books around whatever that can help you to, to do that prop profile optimization um, or you know reach out to, to you guys or, or whatever and um, yeah make sure you know, it's definitely worth spending a few bucks on on you know like a decent um, uh, headshot for example of yourself you know that uh, weekend selfie at, at the local barbecue or beach it's all right for facebook but doesn't cut it on on a professional platform like linkedin so just that yeah there's lots of those little things that um just up the, the level of professionalism for sure fantastic and i think ultimately what people really need to consider is linkedin is the world's largest database of businesses and those uh, employees and employers of those businesses. And so you want to present yourself as completely as professionally as possible. And that's exactly what your LinkedIn profile is all about. 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. All right, Adam, thank you very much for joining us today. You've given us some absolute gems in there. It's, it's uh, some, some great points that people can have a look at and they can uh, apply those to getting some better results from their profiles and, and from LinkedIn. And importantly, how they can start to position themselves as an authority, as an influencer within the industry. So we, we thank you very much for being part of our interview series and, and for joining us today. It's been great. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure and uh, let's do it again in six months or 12 months time. Um, there'll definitely be an update by then. <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to that. Well, thank you, Adam. Much appreciate your time. Thanks, guys.